Speaking of amazing, this episode of Lightning Strikes Thrice is brought to you by our incredible patrons, patrons like Michael Mays and Alara Grunt. If you want to help us keep making the show like they do, you can visit pitchtrap.cash and contribute as little as a buck a month. We really appreciate it. You are listening to Lightning Strikes Thrice, a JRPG Games Club podcast. This is Season 10, Episode 11, covering Days 40 through 48 of Wolf Pride. I'm your host, Chris Taylor. My pronouns are he, him, and with me is... Sybil Arnett, any and all pronouns. Ryan Beatty, my pronouns are they, them. Last time we played, we punched Fancy Jack to death, which did not take very long. Rewound, and then we punched a Worm God to death, and got recruited into an even more underground fighting arena. Mm. That takes us to day 40, where there are 23 days remaining, and we have new moves for, I think this is the last time before full-ass endgame. Yeah. At the hangar, Knife is not worried about Jack. He did, after all, make a promise that he would face Knife in the finals, and that's a thing that you keep in anime. That's right. Duke would love for Shade to fuck off, because he is, after all, busy hitting Peepoo with a hammer today. Peepoo, on the other hand, loves this. <laughs> Hit me harder, dog! Oh, that, yeah, I have a little kink there. Can you move a little to the left? <laughs> <laughs> I have a little kink there. Is uh, There's like at least three meanings there. That's right. Uh, God, yeah, so much violence against Peepoo. There's good Peepoo content this episode. There is. I'm glad that he stays Peepoo to the end. I'm glad that, like, we've developed, like, these loving, caring relationships with all of our friends, and then Peepoo stays Peepoo. The Chris Taylor experience. Ned <laughs> wants to check in on Jack tonight, so that will be our goal at the, the end. You're the Peepoo! Don't you dare! I'm the Peepoo? I think you're the Peepoo. Who are you, then? Hmm... Matt, leave that entire pause in. <laughs> Look, deep down, I want to be the Duke, but he's grumpy and lovable. And deep down, I know I'm the Jotaro. <laughs> oh, no. I just feel like, if anything, we would have all agreed I was the Shade. Mm-mm. Okay. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not throwing my hat in this, in this knife fight, because it would get just stabbed to death and then i wouldn't have a hat anymore a knife fight interesting you think you're knife got it <laughs> no <laughs> brian probably is the knife out of the core cast you're the people Aww. because you introduced the cursed content to the podcast much like people is the one who introduces the really loud ear piercing pee to the game mm. on the other hand i'm also the person who is most likely to end arrested <laughs> That's also like fair. Peepoo. If Peepoo had no. legs, Peepoo would be in jail. No. <laughs> the only reason Shade's not in jail is the sheer amount of things that don't come up on visible uh, gameplay, much like things I don't discuss on mic. Mm. 
Yeah, it's incredible the stuff that you are willing to share on Mike. Just like the possibilities of the stuff that you're not willing to share becomes like greater and more terrifying. Every time oh, you're right. like 10 minutes late right. or just don't show up for a recording, I just assume you're in Mexico getting medical treatment. <laughs> I forgot. Ryan wasn't on the thing last time where I revealed that uh, I now work for. What a week to start that job. Mm. Well, uh, at the Midnight Rider, um, all of the uh, mercenaries and hunters have disappeared. We get some dialogue with Joy uh, in a few days, but not right now, but they are all conspicuously gone. We can go make the rounds, but uh, mostly people just are having sympathy for Jack and feel bad for him and don't say anything beyond that. So we can uh, hit the end of day pretty quick. And the gang visits Jack at the hospital. Bounty Hog tells us that Jack's condition continues to improve daily. Jack and his family are fighters. And that it helps so much that we showed up. It's just one more reason for him to come back. Z says, we'll all be here for your boy, pig. And Hog goes, thanks, you despicable hag. Yeah. He thanks <laughs> us sincerely. And then we leave. I'm glad that the notes called this out because I had this also in my notes because it was just, it was great. It, it's a, this is not normally what people mean when they say a relationship is very lived in, but this is a great way to, a great definition of that. Yeah. The fact that I like buy that these characters have all come to the hospital to to go like wish Fancy Jack well and see how he's doing. The game has earned that because of the work that it has done with all these different character relationships, even as these people sometimes hate each other. It does it like it it does the thing that these kind of stories need to do to work which is like okay these people feel like a family now uh and i was kind of surprised at how touched i was throughout this whole episode because we've com been complaining about the inconsistency in character relationships and the tone of the writing and stuff sometimes but like man i was very heartened by this jack scene or this J jack in the hospital scene and everyone's there including barbara the goat again yeah there's a mention here of how most of the mercs and hunters of the rider are gone. This starts us a string of five days where most of the town is silent. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. This is, there's easily like five to ten days you could carve out a bull stride and at least three of them are here. Yeah, this yeah. this section of Jack being in a coma does not feel like it was supposed to be this length and well, something changed. This again, this big empty block is and Sayuki again makes me really feel like there's like a big cut arc with that character who has nothing to say at all here, but who the game thinks yeah. is important based on like images they already drew that show up later. Her Jersey accent, because she's such a non-character, has really started to grate on me because she's been so silent for so long. And then, like, she talks like an extra in The Sopranos every time that her, she is voiced. And it's like, where? who is she? Why did... And so, and so the Jersey accent just bothers me. I listen. I like Jersey accents in the abstract. I want to head that off at the past so no one says, wow, I'm racist against Italian-Americans. I don't want to hear it. 
I just don't like Sayuki's Jersey voice. Look, as somebody who was doing Joey Wheeler impressions yesterday, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Number one Kevin Smith fan on the podcast, Ryan Beatty. <laughs> Listen, I do think that it's great that he kept his buddy employed to keep him off of drugs for so long. I think that's very nice of him. Ah, <sighs> yeah. It's interesting that your take is, wow, it's so good that he gave him a job so he could get the help he needed, not that he just should have had it. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> this is my long alpha node reveal. That's right. Meanwhile, I've, <laughs> I've said supports three different work requirements too. About this. <laughs> Sorry, simple. What I said, I've I've already said three hours of discussion about this topic and counting. So that's that's on the premium. Go go visit our Patreon. You guys talk sure. about Clerks yeah. three that long? Well, no, there was the Mole Rats one earlier in the year. Yeah. No, we did two hours on Clerks two. <laughs> Three. Clerks three. We haven't done Clerks two yet. That's that's the bullet in the gun that we're still unfiring. So it takes us to the next day, day 41. And when we do our check ins, uh, when we check in with Duke, Duke wants to know how we'll convince the colonel to fight us. Duke personally would never leave retirement and is looking forward to it. Bad news about your gambling debts and your ability to retire. This is also funny because of the revelation later that he's only 32. It's like, are you some sort of, like, failed tech genius that thinks that you can retire at 32? Come on, man. No, that just makes him the average American. <laughs> Fair. Shade tells Duke that he's figuring it out, and Duke is like, does not love that Shade hasn't even gotten to the I've figured it out part of the plan yet. <laughs> yeah. Today, Neb is trying to punch a knife again, and Peepoo tells us it's working his muscle memory and his reflexes. Uh, and what Knife has to say about this is, wow, Neb hits pretty hard. <laughs> <laughs> is it today or a little later where he's complaining to Peepoo about the advice? Just hold your arms up higher, donkey. If I oh, do that, was that the she's last gonna time. hit me. Good. That was the last time, yeah. yeah. We, ca we called it out also. Okay, I know it's somewhere in here. Uh, not much to do in town, and at the end of day, the crew assembles around the table where we get our briefing. Shade tells them our next target is Colonel Should Be Dead, or SBD for short. SBD's name is Patton Patrick, and he was a USNA Marine. That is a name you would make up to make up to give a fake military person if you hated the military. Like, yeah. let's be really clear. Not major, 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 major? No. And Patrick is a really good band. Fuck these guys' name. <laughs> well, that's the only good name here because he pilots a military mech named Tank, all caps with an exclamation point. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. All right, which can to take be a fair, lot of punishment. All the mechs are in all caps all the time. So the only thing you could be mad about is the exclamation. Are you aware uh, of what this is? I'm aware of what mm. this is. I'm making. I'm. I'm trying to make a bit and make you more irritated. That's what's happening. <laughs> Honestly, I could absolutely see you somehow missing the name of the opening to Cowboy Bebop for 20 years. No, so, look, you I know, I do, I, if I hate something, I have to fully know everything about it so I can completely articulate the ways in which it sucks. And yet you got mad at me for buying seven volumes of Homestuck. But you don't have to. That This is not, I'm experiencing something that I hate, I'm going to dive deeper. This is, 
What if I just picked up a new thing I already know is bad? <laughs> no, I'm doing that so that I can read the now restarted sequel series. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. This is the new thing you're picking up you know will be bad. Do I? It's a new writing staff. I have no oh idea Oh my yet. god. Alright, alright, whatever. <laughs> you fell into my got trap, to... Taylor. Look, I, can't, I can't use all my arguing with someone who knows better energy now. I gotta take care of a ten-year-old all day. <laughs> that's the best part. I get left on my own. I'm the latchkey podcaster. Uh, welcome back to Homestuck Made This Podcast. Homestuck oh, Made yeah. This Podcast, parentheses, bad. <laughs> and that takes us into day 42, where we get a nice swerve, because Shade is missing from the round table, pissing Duke off. He has assumed that Shade has bailed on the crew, a thing that he has thought would happen for the entire prior 42 days. What are you talking about, the... Duke? What? It's just like, what are you talking about, Duke? Like, have you been here? Like, Shade sucks real bad, but someone who would ditch, like, his, like, ado adopted family? I don't know about that. Listen, I, uh... He literally I, like, did. Duke, Duke also, Duke also has, like, real bad anxiety, and anxiety often manifests in, like, oh, I experienced a setback that makes me kind of worried, time to assume the absolute worst case scenario. Like, this is, this is just, this is just Duke, Duke getting a little you know anxious. I'll give it to Duke because he lives in America where you can't go to see a therapist unless you're rich, and Duke is the opposite of rich. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, Knife has literally abandoned an entire family before, which is why Nebraska Jones showed up. I will say that it has happened before, but that's not where we're at in the plot anymore with how the character has moved. Sure, but I understand why Duke would think that. I think Duke... It's fine. We've already discussed yeah, I think Duke is wrong, but it's understandable why Duke feels this way to me. I understand Anyhow, it. I just think it's preposterous. Neb does the face, and this makes Duke stop and wonder if she's in on something. Finally, he puts this together many months after the cat incident. <laughs> and Knife is sure that Shade is arranging the fight, so we're going to control Knife today. Yeah! The, uh like, weird off-kilter surf jazz song that is Knife's soundtrack for these uh, next few bits of controlling him is great. I oh, so love good. it. Epi song for the episode, for sure. How you gotta figure out what it's called mm -hmm. so that I can put it in. Uh, I think my biggest flaw here is that this is a lot sloppier than the last time we changed characters. Yeah. Because all of Shade's internal narration triggers are lying around for Knife to look at, like telling us yeah. he got drunk with Oyabun a lot. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, all of the actual characters have new dialogue, which is great because it really shades how, how people in town view Knife versus how they view Shade. Uh, I didn't mean to say the word Shade as an adjective and as a name there, sorry. Also, or uh, verb, not adjective. I... I Anyway, um, Matt got this, please. <laughs> no, Matt, keep it in. I need to. I need to know the people. The people can see me flail. Um, <laughs> they need to see me flagellate. 
Yeah, but um, like it is, and also it's like it it makes sense that you can't do any of the jobs because that those aren't knife's jobs; they're shade's jobs. But it does make it feel very, very sparse. You just talk to the people, do not interact with the uh, stuff, or else uh, you'll get shade's monologues, uh, which. Yeah, it's a little weird. It's so, not just the jobs, though. Here's the secret. You can't do anything that would require a new animation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they did turn off the bus in the underground yeah. arena, so it's not like it's fully copy-pasted, which makes, ah, I got hit by a rock once, wonder if that's why I'm so fucked up, in Knife's voice, really sloppy. Oh, uh, <laughs> I got hit by a rock once. I would, yeah, I would just turn off interacting with objects. Yeah. Yeah. Again, it's kind of like it it's it sounds like uh, not that important of a detail and in the grand scheme of things it probably isn't, but be- when this game nails characterization, it's great. And so when there are shortcuts that they had to made because make because of development time and stuff, um it really uh they're very loud. I've never wanted to decompile a program more and see what's wrong with it than I do with Wolfstride. Cuz to me, this <laughs> um, should be very easy. But I've been under the hood. What exactly are you looking for? I just want to know what architecturally made this so hard to just turn these off instead of just it being like a Boolean flag that you put in for are these enabled or not? Oh, it appears to be that's exactly it. And they just didn't. Uh, I I know that I know the Boolean operation, but the idea of a Boolean flag uh, is very funny to me. Just a flag dedicated to dehydrated soup cubes. That's my nation. Anyway, we only use the better than Boolean just because it tastes better. Mm, mm -hmm. It does. uh, Yeah, it is better than powdered Boolean. That is for certain. I actually have no idea if I've ever had Boolean in anything. What? Uh, You have. It's impossible that you've lived your life. Okay, I it's impossible that a normal person has lived adult. their life. I definitely haven't since becoming an adult. In like a restaurant right. food? Probably. Probably when was the last time you ate a French dip sandwich? Uh, it would have been before one of my exes fled town with my shit, so... Oh, with your okay. sandwiches? Yeah, because there was a joint we would go to weekly. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I, I didn't get like the French dip, so. Okay, that would so. Put it at roughly 2011. Got it. I really thought you were going to say um, 20 years ago, and I would have been unsurprised. <laughs> no, no, I hate them after that. Okay. So. Uh, it's check-in time at the hangar. We're controlling Knife, Leopard, and Peepu is like, hey, don't slack off. Uh, we do have a singular task for today, which is that Duke is all out of milk. And Knife is like, oh, I can be your gopher. I can uh, run some errands for you. And uh, and Duke is like, thanks, kiddo. You're the best. And every time... yeah. I love the wild oscillation between extreme panic face at realizing you're out of milk and then just, thanks, you're the best. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we're going to have an oscillating panic face in a minute. Nebraska asks if uh, she and Knife are going to train today. And Knife is like, sure, I just got to run some errands first. I just got to go get some milk for Duke, man, bro. Um, So we uh, we 
go make the rounds with uh, with Knife, and we find out that literally everyone is in love with Knife and thinks that Shade is extremely sus. Because uh, when we go to talk as Knife, everyone is just like, oh my god, I love you so much. You are the best boy. So, and at Hog's Yard... Right. Mm-hmm. Bounty Hog loved the birthday party and wanted to know when Knife was going to have another one. Uh, <laughs> Hog realizes this is a fucking stupid question when Knife is like, uh, next year, I guess. And <laughs> Every tells him, year, man. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's like, oh, <laughs> you get dumber as you rage. Your time will come too. At the Rambler and Gambler, we get a cutscene of May running through a hurt, huge turd and being like, oh my god, fuck, I stepped in fucking dog dung the size of a mountain right in front of my crush. Goddamn motherfucker, I want to die. And then she sprints off screen. Uh, when we get Matt, there, you they're like, you've done- Ryan, this is what I assume it's like for you when you do anything mildly silly in public. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> um... <laughs> Just, like, in my house, I'm in the kitchen, and I, like, drop a straw on the floor. I'm like, oh, god damn it. And Elizabeth <laughs> in the other room is like, wait, what's wrong? I was like, I dropped a straw. So when we when we get to the Rambler and Gambler, Kaya is like, uh, oh, my gosh, uh, you've done so much for the town that anything that you want to buy is free. And so uh, buy some free milk if you want. They also have one new pineapple on sale. They do this maybe so they don't have to make animations for knife doing jobs or waiting for the bus in case we are somehow out of cash. I have more than a hundred grand in real dollars at this point. There are some new milk jokes and milk puns. Oh, um, my favorite is stone milk at the very end of the list. And it goes, and they said it was impossible. <laughs> Uh, the one that made me roll my eyes the most uh, in in Wolf's Dried Edgelord fashion was soy milk, which says milked from the tits of nature herself. My huh. favorite is that there are two milks. I think this is in the second day. There yeah, are two this is milks. The second day. And one of them is for skim milk again. Yeah. Yeah. Over. You have to read to make sure you get the right milk. The Very second good time. to me. <laughs> At LTL Hospital, we can go inside, which we can't do for the rest of the time, basically. And uh, Jack is still unconscious. She doesn't care about Jack, actually. But it's but it's like but it's like you you get up there and it's like ah, uh, Jack is still recovering. We better leave him in peace. But in fact, yeah, he could go visit because what Knife does is really sweet. He yeah. tells the sleeping Jack some stories about stuff. He tells uh, Jack the fight about the fight with the colonel and that they won't give up, so neither can he. It's extremely sweet. At the rider, Knife says hi and declines a drink. He's like, it's it's like nine in the morning. Why? Who, who are you giving drinks to? And uh, <laughs> Jotaro cuts in, impressed with how muscular Knife is. And then Knife just like, well, eat your veggies and keep exercising. And then when you <laughs> talk to him right after, he's like, I can't wait to get my six pack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and uh joy tells knife he seems good with kids uh if we hit up the crapyard z asks about how nice family is doing he tells her it's great her, his sister is finalizing the uh paperwork for her orphanage just something in the water where knife grew up mm -hmm. at the end of the day duke complains that it's late when knife comes back with the milk uh neb makes the face again duke is startled 
And then Deepu is mad that Duke interrupted his nap, which is very good to me, because he's just, like, <laughs> asleep in half these meetings, apparently. Because <laughs> he's, he's a robot. He doesn't sleep, but uh, he sleeps because he's depressed. That's right. So, day 43, Shade has not returned, we have more face gags, and Duke is out of milk again, giving us a reason to leave the hangar. The exact same reason. Um, this is, in my own notes, I was like, oh shit, we're about to hit Wolf Strides Endless 8. God. Uh, Knife wonders if Jack likes chicken. He makes the best teriyaki and wants them to eat it together when they're out of the hospital. Eh, that's a nice thing to think. At the Rambler, Kaya asks if we are a good eater because there's going to be an eating competition the next day. Sayuki is making masses of kimchi tonight in preparation. I just the I, oh you're an yeah. if if there was a kimchi eating competition, your entire gut flora would be entirely replaced by the end of it. So many probiotics just, like, rolling around in your stomach, creating a new colony of bacteria. It's amazing. My toilet would absolutely overflow. And it's because I have a children's <laughs> toilet, because our bathroom is uh, narrow. But also... <laughs> That's okay. Knife's toilet is... Surprise, surprise, cowboy. So there's plenty of room. <laughs> now now I'm just imagining. I was going... really unsure who, what character you were going to say when you said Knife's Toilet is. <laughs> God. Now I'm just imagining the Dave Matthews Band Chicago Bridge incident, but in a giant <laughs> mecca. <laughs> yeah, Knife just hits the dump button halfway through every fight because yeah. it's an easy gag. Oops. Pissed myself. <laughs> the crowd loves it. It's a great. Uh, it's a great play for morale. Eight hundred pounds. Eight. Oh my god! Yeah, he would. Yeah. <laughs> Eight hundred pounds of feces on a sightseeing boat underneath. Yep. <sighs> god. Uh, the prize for this eating competition is a trip to the beach, where Knife is able to invite all of his friends. On the way back, there is another scene. May runs through poop again, but in her rage, invites Knife on a date with her demon face. And Knife just goes, what? <laughs> <laughs> when the camera cuts, the two are at the RNG. And May asks, what do we do now? I have never gotten this far in dating. Knife hasn't either, so May calls him a loser. Oh, excuse me? <laughs> They flail around for a little before May asks if she's being weird. Knife gives a non-committal no, and then May says, uh, I think we should break up. Afterwards, you hear Joy just go, way to go, lady killer. <laughs> um, fucking, I love, like, everyone, everyone wants to date a himbo unless uh, the himbo cannot carry on a conversation. And this is also May's fault, because May is also just as awkward in her own way, but it's very funny that she, like, projected all of this stuff onto him, and then she's like, oh, you're very sweet, but very, very, very dull. What am I doing? I, it, I, I love all of this. Is this what it's like? I've literally never been on a date. Uh, it, this is, uh, this is what an awkward date is like, but sometimes, uh, you both have enough to drink that you're like, eh, 
you might as well uh, hook up anyway. See if uh, see if there's more connection later. And sometimes if- you're like, nope, that's a bad idea. No, just always start with hookup. Works out fine. <laughs> that's the Chris Taylor playbook. Not on purpose, but it is. Also, for some reason, Knife can play the piano. It's the only thing you can do that requires a new animation. I respect that. Uh, of course, Knife would be able to play the piano. That's but great. I would be I impressed wanted to be good Duke at it. could play the piano. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I wanted yeah, him no. to be good at it. It would be funny to me if he was good at it. Because, <laughs> like, um, Bart's in FF5 can play the piano. He has to play 17 of them to get good. Mm-hmm. If you go into the hog yard during these, like, interminable pineapple milk runs, literal milk runs, which is cute, I guess, uh, Barbara the goat says, oh, I, have I love goat, yeah. you. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I was so excited about it. <laughs> I did not see that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. She, she's like, I love you. And Knife is like, what? And Barbara then goes, like, like nothing ever happened. Yeah, Everyone really has a crush on good. Knife. So good. That is a yeah. very good joke, actually. I it's ch- great. And I checked the trash can. I really wanted there to be one new thing in it to be the trash can in the back of Pong's yard. Yeah. Uh, the other thing uh, that I, I'm sorry if this is also in the notes, but um, when you go and talk to Kala at some point uh, as Knife leaves, she's like, Mom, you got to step up your game. You were just silent. Um, if you're trying to date him also, you you need to like be more charming. Um, which like the th- the three romance options for knife of Sayuki, May, and Barbara. Honestly, all right, that all definitely right. feels like a cut joke. Mm, all right. Mm-hmm. Marry Barbara. <laughs> kill May. <laughs> Guess we're fucking Sayuki, I guess. Yeah, I, Sayuki that, would be a freak in the sack. Yeah, do it. Yeah, but yeah, no, that's that's how I. She's feel only too. a that, she's only a fuck because of the accent. Otherwise, that could be a Mary. Yeah. <laughs> See, I would say but Mary Barbara just to piss off Hog. But when Sayuki says to me, "I thought you said you were going to take out the trash," I'm going to go like huff exhaust. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> I'm uh, going out for cigarettes, dude. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> God, imagine Knife asking for like a fucking black and wild sweet. <laughs> we go back to the hangar for the end of day stuff and uh, Duke complains that uh, Knife, you promised that you'd be back like early with my milk this time and then you went on a whole ass date. Come on. Alright, how did you run out of milk? We got, if it was, if, okay. Like, end of day is like 10 o'clock. If we brought you milk at 10 at night, how were you out of milk at 8am? What are you doing, it's, Duke? The cat's eating it all. The cat's it, eating it all. That's so much! This is yeah, well, this is because because the cat, like, yowls every time we talk about milk, and Duke is like, how the fuck are we out of milk again? Oh, so, I did not notice you know, the cat yell. Yeah, every single time you talk about milk, the cat goes, Row! Previously, my headcanon was that you were just getting, like, one of those little, like, single-serving cartons of milk to give to Duke. <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, it, in your defense, usually the game is very loud about their like long running inside jokes and shit where they'll spell it out. And this is one time where they don't. But yeah, it's it very clear to me that the cat is just horfing this milk. Mm. Horf. Shade is still missing. Knife tells everyone about the eating contest, but forgets conveniently that the eating contest is kimchi. And so everyone is very stoked. Pipu is really excited about uh, the possibility of going to the beach and demands that Knife win it for him. Neb loves the idea, and Duke will participate to save a little money on food, but wants to know if there's going to be any meat in the eating competition because he's still Duke. This beach thing is my new favorite character trait for any of the characters yeah it's very funny so day 44 there are now 19 days remaining and one day to tank but shade is still not back yet duke is out of milk again uh neb makes the face again because she knows the cat is eating it and uh yeah, Endless 8. It's it it's just, it's Endless 8. Um, Endless 8 had more artistic variability. Oh, no, I, listen, I, I am the world's biggest Endless 8 fan. Uh, so, yeah, I agree this is not as good as Endless 8, but still. So, we do our check-ins. Duke is like, I'm gonna eat like a dog today. When the tournament is over, he's taking his mom to the beach. People who is like, it's a shame I can't eat anything. I totally destroy you guys in this food competition. <laughs> when we head to the Rambler, Kaya is glad to see Knife and ask for his help setting up. The contestants are Duke, May, Knife, Nebraska, and Charlie Boiler. The stakes are not just a trip to the beach, but also a week-long stay in a luxury hotel, which suddenly when you say you could bring all your friends, this is a this is a this is a lot of money all of a sudden. Rambler and Gambler, mm -hmm. they don't have anything I can buy. How do you have all this money? <laughs> the contest starts, and we do like the standard Wolfstride minigame.txt where you alternate the buttons like it's uh, California games or whatever. And at the end, Nebraska wins. At the end of the day, Neb and Knife had a blast, but Duke is upset. He did not handle the spicy kimchi very well and uh, feels like he wants to die. Next day, 18 days remaining, day 45. We get a little cutscene. We see a desert road covered in heat haze stretching off into the horizon. And the intro song plays as Shade fades up the road forward, looking worse for wear. Uh, and then at the end, he's just got like this huge nosebleed and his shit-eating grin on. Great image. Yeah. We got a voiceover from Shade on a black screen saying, We got a fight tonight. Wake me up when it's time. And then we hear like a machine power down sound. And everyone is worried about him. And... The camera fades up to Shade dreaming about being at a crossroads with a man. And uh, at this point, you can intuit that this is Coltrane. We hear Shade say he wants to a deal with the devil. And then he wakes up and we do our check-in and stuff. So, I forget how they show Coltrane here. Can From the we back. tell? Okay, so is it visible that he is a black guy yet? Yes. Okay, cool. So they didn't introduce that at the very last second. Got it. No. I feel like we I feel like we knew that before if we had inferred that the phone call was with Coltrane because like they got they got like a black person to do the voice acting for it. So it's mostly one of those things that does come up in the story, but so late that I did not know if it actually was revealed prior to that moment. I don't know where the opportunity was here. 
Sybil, do you remember where you get the opportunity to find out what Shane thought about Japan, like the, through like an object interaction? It's very early. It's in the twenties. No, I I guess I just oh oh the tree. Yeah, I just noticed found the tree today, which is like like this play session, which is like oh god, really no, that's been there for me. ages. Right? Have you interacted with the tree by the pineapple cliff? No. He says, oh, these remind me of home because they're like the Japanese style trees. But then he says, but it wasn't my home. And I like. Inter- this like interesting minor character detail that I somehow missed the entire time, like really early to oh, find out in color how she okay. feels about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. OK, I do remember seeing that, but I just yeah, I didn't it didn't register at the time that I did that interaction. That, yeah, that is that is interesting. It's just yeah. Hey, good just news. We're going to talk time. about race at the very end of this fucking game. Yeah. I mean, we kind of been we kind of been talking about it, right? Like it has been a point that whenever Shade's life in Japan comes up that like he did not belong there and no everyone made him feel that way also. I'll save it for next recording. Yeah. Uh at the check-in, Duke doesn't know what Shade did, but he's but says that he looks like trampled dog shit, but also, thanks for not giving up. Pipu is so fucking excited. He said, you missed some shit, nerd. We're all fucking going to the beach. The crew is back <laughs> in town. <laughs> uh, love this for him. Too bad he's about to get hoisted. <laughs> uh, Knife knew that Shade would pull it off. And meanwhile, Nebraska is glad Shade's okay. Just love to magically disappear in my kid again. As though they don't have any trauma about that. Hmm. <laughs> This witch time is probably one of the single funniest segments in the entire game to me. Yeah. Oh, 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 go ahead. It's really good. Yeah. So one of the very first things is you are now controlling shade again. When you wake up, you're prepping for the match. And May is at the hangar where if you talk to her, she will say, I broke up with your friend. And (laughs) Shade just has this response like, what? And yeah. he has like the it's the it's the confused photo where the cigarette's like just hanging in thin air out of his mouth. Very good. Uh-huh. It's mm-hmm. so good. Uh similar to this, Nebraska will give us a little bit of background on Colonel Should Be Dead, which has a deeper meaning than just being a hoorah military shit. His Mexico. No, that meaning ambushed- is he's 80. That's the initial meaning you're supposed to infer. Well, but also SBD, silent but deadly. They're making a fart joke because yeah, he's an strength. old fart. Uh huh. I don't think I ever thought of that, huh? <laughs> that's what. Well, that's you didn't think of that because we say it when you're not here. Probably, yeah. That's not uh, true. his. Mech Stop squad it! Was... Don't say probably. Now I feel bad. <laughs> I hear the recordings of you on other shows because I edit them. I I know, and we say things in there just for you, a little treat. Mm-hmm. Uh, the colonel's mech squad was ambushed in the forest, and they killed everyone on sight. Their mechs were thrown in a pile and set on fire, with Colonel still inside of his. However, the fire took a while to get going in the jungle, and it started to rain. But then a lightning bolt came crashing down that went right through his skull. He was also trampled by a tank in the morning and accidentally stepped on a landmine. When he finally thought he was safe and went to take a dump, a snake bit him in the asshole. Shade <laughs> finds this unbelievable going, when the hell was this? What battle was that? 
was Vietnam. And she just goes, we had mechs in Vietnam? That is extremely good. I the, I had there were there were three jokes that happened in my head one after the other. I first I went clearly Shade has never played Metal Gear Solid three, and then I was like, uh, was Shaho God really a mech? And then I went clearly Shade has never seen Oh MS Team, and then I was like, actually, fuck Oh MS Team, it sucks. Clearly Shade has never seen Vodums. Also, Shago had is a mech. How dare you? Do not try to say maybe it's a vehicle. <laughs> also, this joke gets very dark in the end game. <laughs> this, this was my joke really... of the game until I got the full context. This is very funny to me. And like good execution of a joke that's funny. Oh, no, this is too long and I hate it. And now it's funny again. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Only no, this... funny again because of the swerve of we had mechs in Vietnam. <laughs> oh, I think <laughs> Such the a snake good line. getting I think getting bit in the asshole by a snake is where I wrapped around to thinking it was funny when I thought the tank in the landmine was like I'm over it. Uh it, it is very the aristocrats to me. Yeah, the shaggy dog part of it didn't work for me. I loved the swerve into a fully different joke. Yeah, mm. the the mechs in Vietnam thing unqualifiedly good. This is great. And this fight is against a new type of mech. The only other one you could have fought so far is in the basement, not even in the sim. Also and extremely hard, the one in the basement. Mm -hmm. I didn't think so. I think so. It took 45 minutes. The problem is this is going to be what a lot of endgame fights are, which is just raw numbers of armor. Uh-huh. And look. Yes, my build is in fact one where I grind out slight incremental advantage over an hour at this point. God, wow. What's that? I'm doing 10 damage per three turn loop. That means I win the fight. I cannot wait to hear what your strategy is for that battle. Oh, it's the so, same one. It works. If we're if we're talking about the the fight itself right now, I fucked up and tried to do some build some build experimentation but hadn't fully like finalized it yet and so not only did I take away a move point in order to get more ammo for some of the super moves but also I took away money maker which gives me a move point back uh -oh. and and so I could only do my super move once because otherwise he had me pinned in the corner the whole time which was horrendous however and you don't once have the you engine that gives you the extra AP. Right. And but once you destroy his attacking arm, he's a one trick pony and can't really hurt you anymore. So once you get the attacking arm down, I just used my little one AP to ammo machine gun to plunk him to death over the next like nine turns and it was fine. But I really thought I was going to get owned several times in this fight. Uh, and I ended up first trying it, but only because I managed to like destroy his one offensive uh, piece of vocabulary before it was able to destroy too much of me. I redid my build for this one instead of the basement one. And uh, I like it because basically what we're doing is I'm using um, the sadist style, which loves to which get like 30% morale for every time you get pushed, which is so good in this fight. 
especially if because mm-hmm. uh, my primary attack move is Moneymaker. So I am always getting pushed every turn because I'm pushing them every turn. And then I have the ec- one extra AP, one extra MP to just back up and do shotgun because I'm fully charging my morale every turn. So that's like 30 damage to every part, every round. Mm, more, if I, that's good. more if it lines up on a 10. It's great. And then that's just real good. grinding out the advantage with Moneymaker. Baby hands. During what? the fight, the colonel complains about how Shade is a bothersome dick, but he did get Colonel a date, which is why he's here. It is with his ex-wife. He's been trying for years, but hey, mech fighting is easier than that. This guy hates being famous, surrounded by fake friends and leeches, and just wants to relax on a boat with champagne. A pop-up comes up in the middle of the battle which says, <laughs> Info! Relationships, fights, and war are very similar. Both happen for stupid reasons. <laughs> it, it, there's you can You can make that happen so that it happens at the very end of the fight and so you get it over uh knife's uh windscreen where he's yeah. like grinning and pointing at his cowboy hat and it's fucking so good <laughs> yeah it's gonna happen because of his hat he's right uh-huh. i love my husband but will he stop wearing this stupid hat everywhere <laughs> see i just keep thinking of the cloud and tifa meme image where it's he's thinking of other women why doesn't Tifa wear her cowboy hat anymore? <laughs> that has begun to infect me in other things. Whenever I see Nico Robin in One Piece now, I go, why doesn't Nico Robin wear her cowboy hat anymore? Like, oh, why doesn't <laughs> Tifa wear her cowboy hat anymore? Kaba, did Sephiroth do this? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, yes, that's where we lost the cowboy hat. In the reactor. Yeah. Turns out. <laughs> I almost bought a cowboy hat Nico Robin figure the other day. <laughs> she looks so good in it. Yeah. After the fight, the local news talks about how we've made it to the 10 contestants for the final Fortnite. Turns out that the media and the public have gotten on board with this, uh, like, by the fighters for the fighters tournament, even though the, like, big government tournaments already been canceled. Yeah, people love blood sports. This is, this is the XFL finally getting over. And uh, day 46, we have 17 days remaining, and there are four days to Virgo Star. Today, I ran out of things to do that are not the main story. Did it all. Yeah, I um, I was holding out for one last tier of ZZ parts being made available before we go do this, and so I... Be- I had saved a lot of the final arena fights and stuff and so I still haven't done them. I have a save file for right before the final party in case I want to go back and 
redo them. We'll see if I do that. But yeah, this is when the two of you talked about the game straight up running out of content. I believed you, but I assumed that you were like rounding or exaggerating a little bit. But no, like all of the dialogue options are either repeats or literally nothing where you can't interact with them at all. Like it's all gone. And yeah, yeah, it's like (laughs) you can't. you can do the jobs again if you want, but you're gonna have more money than God. Um, I think I there was... is a new tier of equipment, if I'm not mistaken, because like I remember, for example, getting like equipment like bland kitchen in your mech. Right. Yeah. No. I I I fully believe that there's new equipment, but you don't get it. You don't get access to it until you yeah. go onto the island. And also, I think you can leave the island if I'm not mistaken. Is that true? Oh. Can't you go back uh, to the basement? Do you want mechanical spoilers for both of these questions? Yeah, I do. Okay. Yes, on day 51, they will allow you to teleport to a ghost rain city that has no dialogue people, only NPCs who do shops and minigames. Okay, got it. On day 58, there is new equipment for endgame, but I don't think these are all fresh parts. No, I some, think some of them are stuff you could have gotten in other ways. Yeah, I think that some of them are possibly RNG drops on mini games because this I clearly wasn't doing anything with pineapples on my run, so I had some of them already. Peepu gets nothing more. We are at Peepu's end game of skills. <laughs> Peepu's end game is my favorite, yeah. favorite Dark Tower book. <laughs> but if you have the battle pass and underground arena parts for the arm, you have the strongest arm parts in the game. So yeah. mm-hmm. basically it's just random other pieces. Yeah. Yeah. Like I I remember this I remember that we're getting new gear because I remember thinking the description of Plan Kisher was funny as someone who owns a house. And it's something <laughs> along the lines of everyone dreams about it. Few attain it and you have one here in the cockpit of your <laughs> mech. That is very good. Yeah, I um, I have to do some serious build retooling to do the last two five star fights that are left, and I just like didn't. This this was a this was a long episode to prepare for, uh, even though there's not much to do because you have to go out and repeat the same content again and again. And so I just like could not be bothered to do serious build retooling. I just kind of wanted to get into the end game. So um, well, I would like to go back. Hours to waste. I have a build for you. Yeah, I I I would like to go back, but yeah, it it would take some serious time to get there. So the start of day. Everyone, even Duke, is extremely stoked to be in the final Fortnite. Duke wonders what the tournament will even look like. Peepu is like, who'd have thought we'd have made it this far? Uh, when I first saw you guys, I thought to myself, what a bunch of losers. And now look at you. You still look like a bunch of losers, but hey, now you're winning. <laughs> Great. Um, at Bounty Hogs Yard... Hog congratulates us and offers to sponsor us. Shade likes the idea and uh, we'll think about it some. At the crap yard, Shade and Z congratulate each other on their contributions towards making this championship team happen. She did promise to make it a champion and now it's top 10 in the world. She also asks if we know what happened between May and Knife. May seems a little obsessed with him. May 
for her part, is making a doll. She just needs some nail clippings and hair. She, like, goes between her aloof self and her possessed self, even though we have exercised the demon. It's a fun gag. So, I... If May wasn't a non-character, I don't think this would be funny at all. Yeah. I definitely wonder if the exorcism of May Flowers was optional, because I was still engaging with the game at that point. I wonder if you could skip it, and that makes some of her endgame dialogue make more sense. I don't know. She's going to get real out there real fast. Well, and yeah, it in a way that I found extremely funny, at least in this episode. Okay. At the writer, Jotaro is upset and yelling at Joy that she doesn't know shit about his master. When Shade asks, Joy tells him that this started when she contacted an orphanage. It's been like two weeks, and it seems like Jotaro has definitely been abandoned by his master. When you're making a podcast, it cannot seem like that long, but in the universe, he's just been hanging out here, sleeping here for two weeks. Yep. Shade offers to talk to Jotaro for her, and he takes her to the highway. And he takes him to the highway. Jotaro tells Shade his master is coming back. Grown-ups are actually hapless dumbashes, which is too fucking real. And that he can work and isn't a burden, so he doesn't need to go to an orphanage. He can, in fact, take care of himself and doesn't need any. Shade tells Jotaro to cut the shit. He thinks that if Jotaro thinks what Joy has him doing is work, that's a that's a fucking joke. Is it actually useful? This is a that's basically just charity and Joy is actually taking care of him out of like the kindness of her heart. He's a kid and kids aren't supposed to work or carry their own weight. And even if he did, he's still nothing but trouble. Kids can't just stay wherever they want. Someone is going to be held responsible for him and the things he does. Jotaro can't continue to live on the streets. He's making Joy look like a criminal. Shade admits that he doesn't know much about Jotaro, but this master does not sound that good and he grew up that way too. Shade tells Jotaro the closest thing he had to a parent was a boss who was mostly a huge asshole, but the guy did raise him and carry Shade's weight, so Shade really does understand where he's coming from. If your master is as strong as you say, kid, he will come for you. In the meantime, though, you should go to the orphanage, because you will have food, friends, time to play and study. What is wrong with that? However, Shade goes in hard on the tough loner act at this point, saying, It's real bullshit, you know, because I cried alone at night like a fucking baby because I wished I had someone, but I was too proud to admit it. You should let other people help you. Refusing to do so makes you weak. The connections you make with the others and the world are true strength. He eases up and tells Jotaro, You can be anything you want. Don't throw your life away over something this trivial. Love to teach a five-year-old solidarity. Fucking saluting right now. <laughs> Just saying, you know what else has messages of this that are less ham-fisted? One Piece. Jotaro was never unsure read of One Piece. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> the Straw Hat Alliance is a wonderful union. Jotaro oh, they have was a union. Unsure what read it. <laughs> it does. It literally has a union. No, that's not real. That's real. Matt, cut all this out. We keep talking about One Piece on every podcast. Alliance. That's real. Is there more anyway, than one of these? Yeah, it's a bunch of different crews under the banner. Oh, they got oh they got locals. Yeah, this is incredible. <laughs> this is real. 
Whenever everybody brings out that meme image about the 1% will use the military of the world to kill you and only together we get... That's text! Jotaro is unsure of what to do, but it does seem like Shade got through to him. So, the two of them head back to the rider, where Jotaro has an attitude change and asks to stay for just a few days more. So, in this exchange, Jotaro is being extremely sullen and sulky and being like, you know, I'm not a fucking kid. What the fuck are you talking about? And Shade is like, listen, I don't know if any of this is going to matter to you. I'm just saying the words that I wish someone would have said to younger me when I was in your position. And Jotaro was like, and what would younger you say to these words? And Shade is like, I would probably tell uh, tell that person to fuck off. And Jotaro was like, yeah. And then I really like that. I also really like Shade being this guy whose idea of getting through to kids is just to be as like bleak and blunt and assholish as possible. And then being like, but listen, I'm just a wounded little kid and I'm better now when I, I believe that you're better, Shade. I believe that you care about these people, but you keep doing extremely fucked up shit in order to, like, further your own goals. So you're clearly not better yet. Yeah, you'll note that I described Wolfstride as a game about trying to be better, not being yeah. better. <laughs> yeah, it's very good. At the end of day, Fancy Jack is awake. Everyone cheers. He's pretty disoriented. But Hog doesn't really tell him what happened, just that he's relieved Jack made it. Jack is then like, Uncle Hog, I can't feel my legs. And it's extremely tragic, and Hog's like, I know, son, I know. Then we get day 47, 16 days remaining. Start of day roundtable, the crew is sitting around, and Duke wants to know what being in the final fortnight really means for them. Shade drops the bomb that we will be saying goodbye to Rain City tomorrow uh, to go to Zhokov Island, and uh, he's got to get Z on board. It was more like G Gundam than I let on the whole time. (laughs) (laughs) I keep wondering if this is supposed to be, like, a dumb pun that's like a Russian version of Jackoff Island, because that is uh, how I feel the the Wolfstride writers like to do things but it also just could be called Jokov island i'm not sure any island could be Jackoff island if you're brave enough <laughs> except for sean milk king. island some of those are your moms don't do that yeah fucking sean king's like old uh old campaign to try to raise money to climb the seven highest peaks of the world without any mountain climbing training but instead it's uh to jack off on top of every island in the world so duke wants to know more and shade tells him that Zhokov is an island in the east siberian sea so duke better pack for cold weather people is deeply upset that his beach day is being postponed and that we're going to a glacier and not the beach. Nebraska wants to know if she can bring the cat along. The answer is obviously yes. On the way out of the hangar, Nebraska stops Shade with the idea of throwing a goodbye Rain City party and that it would be a good idea to talk to everybody. Uh, me. Hello. Very disappointed today that Hog has literally nothing new to say today. He said as it tomorrow. Yes. But it sucks so fucking bad. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I also have a note about this, which is we know that Hogg just saw Jack wake up and he reuses the dialogue. He doesn't tell Shade and the crew at all. Fuck off. Yeah. We can't visit Hogg today either. So this makes the end of day even stupider. Yeah, he, Hogg should just be unavailable today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I'm so mad about the reused dialogue. Yeah, this one, this one sucks. And this is like an integer is incorrect for like what day the dialogue should appear. But it it really is bad, this one. Yeah, it it it, it has an impact. And I'm I'm not a I'm sorry if I'm repeating myself from previous episodes, but I am not a CinemaSins style person who likes to like drill in on little inconsistencies, but it does really dull the impact of a lot of story beats yeah. when it, when it's running out like this. And it hurts the characterization, right? Like Yeah. But I'm sorry that my my nephew can't who I take care of can't walk anymore, but congratulations on going to Jackoff Island. Yeah. <laughs> well, like <laughs> You mentioned an integer being off. I literally think after what we're going into that they just added a plus one to every day to give you more time to do shit Mm. all Mm -hmm. over because all of the voiced lines in the final chapter say one day to the fight and then you'll get a next day. Two days remain over and over and over. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah, I think they did just pad the end game. I think what happened is that they made a game with a loop, and this game that they made had like broader appeal than the idea than the number of people who would want to do mini games, and they found that out in testing, and that's why they added like extra padding days, basically. I don't know, but it's we're in the part where you can't make excuses anymore, and it's real yeah. bad. Yeah, mm-hmm. the, like. The wheels do come off at the end in in a way that's kind of a bother. Thankfully, they don't come off of Hog's wheelchair. Yeah. Kaya and Sayuki, if we check in with them, they're going to be helping with preparations for our farewell party. Uh, Z is willing to come along with us to uh, Jakov Island as long as she can bring as long as she can bring May, which Shade obviously agrees to, not because he cares about May, but because he can't be without his mechanic. <laughs> at the writer we have some Jotaro and I wrote here in heavy quotes wrap up Joy tells Shade that Jotaro left and Shade is going to go look around town for him we head to the one place that could be considered out of the way exposition bluff but are greeted with a mechanical plot twist Jotaro is outside not on exposition bluff his master did show up and is a samurai we never see his face he has no lines so Jotaro just says Tell Joy I said thanks, and then fucking leaves. Yeah. We tell Joy what happened, and she seems surprised. And you're not the only one. What the fuck? Uh, this samurai is a black guy, right? From memory, I remember going, yeah, black samurai. Yeah. No, don't so tell I me looked this. In no. The, no, it's not. I looked in the script because I was like, this isn't fucking Coltrane, is it? No, they just say his master no comment about that. So it's just either okay. an Afro Samurai reference mm. or we're just like, sure, obviously Jotaro's master has to be a black guy. Uh, I don't know. None of this is great. I I had a very different read on this. Um, Go for it. 
Oh, no, I just, uh, sorry, I just realized that I never even saw Jotaro's master. I just saw Jotaro. So I thought that... I tried to take a screenshot, but it faded out automatically. Okay. Yeah, this is really fast. Okay, because, yeah, I thought that Jotaro was lying and just running away, and Shade was helping him sell the lie. No, Uh, there's just a guy there. Oh, my God. There's a samurai with us back to the camera who has no lines. No animations. Uh, it's it's wild how quick it is that I just straight up missed it because I was like, oh, this is another little interesting character beat where Shade realizes that Jotaro's not ready to like accept help yet. And so he's just like gonna let he's just gonna lie for him also. Well, but the fact that there's actually a samurai there sucks. It's not like a quick thing, right? He's there the whole time in the scene. He's just off in like the bottom right hand corner of the screen. And the reason I didn't take a screenshot is who would expect this scene to be over so fucking fast in the way it is? Yeah, yeah, wow, wow. Did Jotaro do anything for this story? He could have, but he, he did could have because of pacing problems. Like, the, the, the mirror to shade there, if Jotaro showed up, I think if Jotaro showed up before Neb, we could have been we could have been cooking with something. You know what I mean? Sure. Mm-hmm. But as it stands, Neb is already a good like character to have be an interrogation of Shade's past and his present. And so this it just it it feels like a, a more obvious and more direct reflection, but it doesn't go anywhere. No. Like and yeah, we already we already had Neb. Jotaro's not Neb, but does the same thing and interrogates Shade's character better because she's a different person who grew up with him. Yeah, it this right. this I I I liked this better when I didn't see the samurai. Yeah, no, it yeah, sucks, that's actually. way more interesting. Yeah, bad news. This sucks really. Um, much uh-huh. like the next thing that happens. <sighs> yeah. And yeah, so Shade asks Joy after this, hey, what happened to all those mercs and bounty hunters that were hanging around? Joy goes, oh, no, they probably left to take their shot at Lullaby. Well, have have you been tempted by that because of your past? And all? she goes, nope, I know when to fold them. There is a whole secret war going on, and she is going to wait to see what the table deals next. So I think there's spoilers here really quick. Um, doesn't this come up again at the very end, Sybil? It didn't in my run. Mm. Okay. Hmm. Okay. Because, yeah, this, I was really mad that if, at the idea that this would be the conclusion to the lullaby stuff, because, Chris, you were like, you gotta listen to well, these conversations, because there's stuff going on in the background that's that's gonna come back up in the in the end game, and I was like, cool, alright, lullaby's gonna be a big deal, and now it seems like it's getting extremely hand-waved. Well, I remember it being really heavily implied near the ending that Joy is lullaby, and then... Here, they're just like, nah, which is why I'm like, does this come up again? Because I swear <laughs> that this happened, this articulated slightly differently in a way that was good and not that it sucks. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. there's something about that in the script. Let me check that while you read on a little. Yeah, this is also a bummer. Yeah. The thing I remembered is so much better. I love that Punko just transfers from character to character and never sits directly on a surface, by the way. Yeah, 
It's great. She's a shoulder queen. I love shoulder queen and king cats. No. All of our cats are too big. Mm. Buddy especially. Oh my god. The worst <laughs> fucking back problems if Buddy tried to sit right on me. <laughs> okay, so... Uh, I just searched the entire script for Lullaby, and that plot is way more backgrounded originally, mm. but the original script does very heavily imply... Oh, yeah, Joy's definitely Lullaby. Well, they heavily imply that several times. I just really thought, don't we come, do we come back here? I'm going to find out soon. But I really thought we came I back didn't. here, and that's when this happened. Like, at the very end. Yeah, Um. in the original script, it looks like Lullaby's name does not come up again after Chapter 2. So this whole arc is something new to development. Hmm. Because there's just one conversation at the table, and one of the two, I think it's Butterfly, says, She? I thought Lullaby was a man. Nope, a woman. And you're dealing with a tiger's tail right now with that question. And that's it. Hmm. I don't know. That sucks. Yeah, it does. But I, I think that one just falls off. Yeah, they're like close to something cool here and then just don't do it. Mm-hmm. Speaking of things that are cool, though, we go to the hangar and Jack is here with his new wheels, which are not cool yet, but become ridiculous tomorrow. Shade doesn't really know how to take this, but Jack is in high spirits. He has a good chance of being able to walk again in the future. This is like the most human thing for Shade, where Shade just doesn't know how to respond to this because it's like a, com a complicated situation. Mm hmm. He congratulates hey, also, us. Also, oh, go ahead. No what? Like, Jack wouldn't have. Jack wouldn't have gotten into this mess had he not become friends with the people that the worm cult became obsessed with. Like, if I were Jack, I would be way angrier at Shade and his crew, but I guess he doesn't fully remember what happened, and maybe that's why he's not really pissed. But, like, it does... it, Like, it's not Shade's fault necessarily that the worm god cult got Jack, but it is also kind of Shade's fault that the worm cult got Jack. And it's actually I, literally entire Shade's fault, because the, what's cool about the... What's... I almost said what's cool about Worm God to the Worm God cult, as though they're there because he's <laughs> cool. <laughs> yeah. What they love is that Worm God comes back from the dead. And that, yeah. that can happen is Shade's fault, because Worm God is killed by the explosion from when Shade sold his fight. So it yeah. is 100% his fault that the Worm God cult exists. Yeah, and Jack just doesn't and n really, nobody on the crew has enough knowledge yeah. to know that for sure. It's just another, another running another thing at the bottom of the list of Shade is bad, actually. Yep. <laughs> Shadecrimes.txt getting updated <laughs> once again. Uh, Jack congratulates us on our well-deserved entry to the final Fortnite, admitting that he's jealous. Knife invites him to come along, which Shade agrees with, and Jack is a little baffled to hear that he... This, this made me sad, because this is when... Jack's like, oh no, I'm not the anime rival, because he's very confused to hear he's part of the team and not, like, a rival <laughs> that we think about, ever. Mm -hmm. Hog declines to come along. It's too crowded, and he can't take any more of Z's presence, and his, like, butt is too thick to fit on the ship. He has, however, finished the paperwork for his sponsorship. Ever since they pointed it out, it is distracting every time I look at Bounty Hog. Truly cursed knowledge to give to the player. 
our end of day is actually a commercial for the final Fortnite and not a character discussion. 14 days of pure mecha mayhem. Witness the 10 best pilots on the planet prepare and fight for their ranks live. Welcome to the final Fortnite, an exclusive event by pilots for pilots. Mecha battles will never be the same. Mm. We've got Canyon Bolt, Mad Margot, the unrivaled champion, the Queen. Tune in on official channels for more information. Do not miss out. God. Uh, your reading of Mecha Battles will never be the same. I really want a He-Man reboot to tap you for Skeletor, because that was a great Skeletor voice. That was how I earned the nickname Satan in high school. <laughs> oh, I've just recently started doing Satan voices to my child. It's very fun. <laughs> it started when one of the buses had an interior lights that were red instead of, like, the blue light for some reason, and I told her it was because the bus was possessed by the devil. <laughs> The entire math department of my high school just referred to me as Satan for four and a half years. Mm. This is a good fake commercial, big like monster truck showdown energy from this commercial, which I love. Yeah, it's a good scene. So, start of day roundtable, Shade tells the group that they're leaving tonight, so they need to pack up. Duke is stunned by the idea of a ship that large, and Shada's like, yeah, they have a, meg a, a mecha carrying carrier for every single contestant. So there this are This to me makes ten. Duke sound stupid, because it makes it sound like he thought there would be ten mechs on one boat. <laughs> that does seem like it would be a real challenge to keep afloat. Oh my be god, yeah. Some fucking god. If only mm -hmm. that one got stuck in the Suez, it would have been so easy to dig it out. <laughs> ever given is a very funny mech name also yeah um, dude you just get a little heavy head in there wedging the boat out it's fine <laughs> also it could be a whole team you know ever given is not the only ever x named boat in that fleet right oh yeah no yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that's Absolutely. a whole fucking sentai team of rivals yeah <laughs> god and i am now imagining evangelion episode 15 and 16 the like boat and water fights where everything turns to shit um <laughs> but with wolf stride characters and mechs um or in the suez canal <laughs> take shade, your pick listener shade is absolutely asuka oh 100 percent. so Asuka's when we do our check-ins character and i'm so disappointed well, she is still a child. She's got time. Introduce her to Mari. Don't Introduce her to Kaworu. We already watched that, and then that's why I had to explain that not enough people watched anime back in the day for them to make money with commercials, and this character exists only so they can sell horny statues. <laughs> uh, you, you realize that anime has made money off commercials since the 70s, right? Not, not enough in America, I don't think. I'm just saying... In its home market? Holy shit. Yeah, of course. Yes, it's its home market. But over here, not really. So what if we what if what if there was some horny statues you could buy? And it... Well, and also I mean, you know, Gundam was resurrected not because of ratings, but because of figure sales in Japan. I know that was like forty years ago at this point, but I'm still taking it. Okay, Sybil. Well, Don't uh, worry. Don't Six worry, slam on someone who's like one year older than you. <laughs> it's about to be put back in the fucking grave by those because of their fucking NFTs this week. Oof. Oof. Oh, it's Gundam uh, over Bandai. now? 
big L band. Oh, have you not have you not heard about the entire metaverse debacle? No, I don't go on Twitter. I don't go anywhere where I would find out about this. I just use web forms, you fucking child. Who does but that? Yes, uh it turns out that this week they launched the Gundam Metaverse, which uh because they got really lazy with this piece of shit online virtual space, it meant that people data mined it and found, oh, there's just CAD files for about a hundred different mechs in here, so if you want to 3D print your own gunpla now, congrats. Some of them are less uh less highly detailed. They're just like little things from a menu of collectibles, but there's probably 20 or so kits you can make. I'm not going to lie. This could be cool. Like, this could be you're on a Gundam spaceship PlayStation home. The problem is it runs worse than AC6, has higher spec requirements, and has less to do. It's God. so unoptimized and shitty. I might be the only had... person in the world who likes PlayStation Home. No, you're it not. Was, a bunch of it people was cool. were fond of it. It was cool. I am imagining the universe where they try to, like, it's not going to happen anymore, thank God, but they try to, like, reboot skylanders but with nfts instead of the little figures Ooh. and it completely crashing right, microsoft might microsoft owns Ooh, that now yeah oh god oh god bobby could do that shit on his way out the door just as a oh. fuck you <laughs> no one do you think they bought them just because he was like finally my own personal toy company toys for bob <laughs> oh, I'm so fucking sad he's about like, that. He's just living in big. <laughs> God. Like, um, nothing makes me sadder about the past 10 years of Activision than the fates of Vicarious Visions and Toys for Bob. Nothing. Yeah. He really for is real. just living the big life. If I was a child, I would want to own a own Pizza Huts. So, at the check-in phase of this day, inside the hangar, ahem, ahem, Duke tells us that he hates water, which is weird because he's a dog and not a cat, uh, and he's not excited to cross the ocean. So he's okay, not he's part Portuguese water dog. <laughs> they do the Bojack animal human, like, pun behaviors a lot in this game. It's not my fault. <laughs> Duke is the biggest mutt dog imaginable. Pick out yeah. a breed from that guy. Fair. That's fair. He's a mange hound. Mm-hmm. That's uh, guys who get really horny for girls with bangs. Mange hound. Um, <laughs> so. Uh, bangs are nice. I, I'm. Chris's face right I now is amazing. I briefly forgot that uh, the slang term for bangs was fringe and not mange and thought I was making a normal joke and not a really twisted joke. I'm sorry. Um, Peepoo Look, at least was... we didn't call him a cooch collie. Okay, yeah. Uh, Peepoo was going to pack, but then remembers he doesn't have anything to pack because he is still existentially pissed. When Shade asks what he did with all of his cash, Peepoo is like, I bought six square feet of land in Scotland. That makes me a lord now. <laughs> uh, his, name, his name in the text box changes to Lord Peepoo, and he lets us know that he's thinking about building a castle. And right. immediately now, Chris Remo is Peepoo to me. 
also, also, his name stays Lord Peepoo forever. Yep. Yeah. And he has a mustache forever now, also. <laughs> uh-huh. I love I this. thought he was just, I, I really thought he was just donning the mustache with the party at first, and then it stays. No, it's so, he's a lord now. If they yeah. could draw, if they could have put a monocle on him, they would have. Mm-hmm. I need you to know that um, I was actually gifted one of these parcels like 20 years ago. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so, it, it, you, uh, so mm, if you. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Interesting. If you Noted fake your own death, are you still allowed to claim your lordship title? Shit, you're right. That was after. I should actually see if I still own that. <laughs> Nebraska. I have never considered that. <laughs> I'm I'm sorry to bear, bear the, this news this way. I'm um, literally writing a note to look into this. <laughs> uh, Nebraska is really excited to travel, even if there is nothing happening where we're going. Knife is really glad that Jack is coming. On our way out of the hangar, Nebraska stops us and tells us to check in on everyone and say our final goodbyes as though we're not making a podcast and weren't going to do our final check-ins anyway. Yeah, for real. Fuck off. (laughs) At Hog's Yard, Jack thanks us again for inviting him to uh, Jack Off Island, and he tells us that Hog upgraded his wheelchair. It goes zero to 60 in 10 seconds. Hog chimes in too. Basically, they strapped a gas-powered car engine to it. And then after telling us this, Hog's like, can you look out for Jack for me, by the way? (laughs) (laughs) At the Rambler Gambler, Kaya tells us we're getting a lot of free shit for the party. She then asks Shade if he's coming back after the tournament, and Shade hasn't decided yet. She tells us we're going to win for sure. Sayuki says only Bon Voyage, which is the appropriate amount of text for how much of a character she has been. Mm Mm-hmm. And at the crapyard, Z gets sentimental, saying she was nothing when this started and we were also taking a chance on her, which she is grateful for. She also says she always assumed Shade would be an asshole. It must be the sunglasses, because he's a good kid. Just huge doubt <laughs> emoji here. And then uh, May has the worst rap ever. Yeah, May has the worst rap ever in which um the the translation, the script, really emphasizes that she like can't follow like couplet cadence at all a lot of her measures like go way longer than they're supposed to so not only are the lyrics corny but she has to make the lines not fit the meter at all in order to come up with these rhymes i don't think this bit sucks the rap sucks in a way i think yeah let's clarify no Yes, yes. I think I think the rap sucks in the best way because they really hammer home how bad the rap is. It feels very new metal rap to me, which is very apt for May, an angsty teen that used to and maybe still is possessed by a demon. Uh and then and then she's like, "Uh, oh, I I think I'm possessed or something." It's it's I love I love May's rap a lot because it's just garbage. I honestly thought it was some kind of reference, but I could not find any hits for any of the lyrics. I I tried, like, translated version. This feels like they tried to auto-translate a fucking opening to an anime. Yeah, but it there there was a there was a lot of care and attention to detail to me in making this rap as bad as it is. Someone has to be a good writer to make a rap this bad on purpose. 
it's not just I'm Mayflowers that I'm here to say. Right, right, yes. So, instead of the check-in with Joy, we just have a prompt that simply says goodbye. And when we select it, it brings up the line, are you sure about the end of day? And this is the party. Shade is drinking at the bar where Joy bids him a farewell. Shade asks, what's your soul drink? And she says, it's a Bloody Mary, of course. Nebraska will thank everyone present for the memories and helping us to get where we are. She then bullies Duke into giving a speech. He is already drunk. And so his speech comes out as, well, I never thought we'd get this far and it. Seems like a dream to be here with all of you tonight. And Peepoo cuts in shouting, he's already drunk, which Duke <laughs> agrees to, and then continues on saying it has been a ride. They lost good friends and met great new ones. Huge slam on the old ones. Also, yeah. uh, who have we <laughs> lost since we arrived in Rain City? Yeah, that's a good question. No, no, no one has really died. Uh, Jack has uh, I, had oh, a here, severe here. Co- consequence, but... Charlie Boiler died during the kimchi eating contest. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll accept it. Duke continues saying, Rain City, you gave me the strength to believe in myself again and to trust others no matter how much like crap they look. I'll be looking out for the brighter side from now on. I love this. And this is this is where we get a great little detail of uh, Duke going, so I'll be living wiser from now on. I'm only 32, you crapheads. Yeah. Terrifying. Although yeah, I guess that could be a dog years thing. <laughs> Don't look. It's okay for people to look older and sound older than they are. It's fine. Don't worry about <laughs> yeah. it. I'm not coping because all my hair is falling out. It's fine. You just do what I do and start playing around with hormone levels. No, I'll just continue to be excited when it all falls out and then I'll get to save 30 seconds a day shampooing my hair. And I'll be very excited about this. Like, the Chris Taylor Midmax is real. I got electrolysis for that. It's great. No, but then I gotta do stuff. I don't wanna do stuff. No, you don't. You sit still while they zap you. I don't wanna pay for it. Insurance does that. That's right. P. Here. <laughs> that's right i would like to start a gender transition can i get some can we start with the electrolysis on my head thank you you wouldn't be the first extreme con to get the rest of my hair zapped out of my head <laughs> peepoo takes the stutter sage now and asks who's big and round and where's a crowd and the duke shouts it's your mother which, <laughs> which makes peepoo <laughs> Very good. I laughed pretty hard. This makes Peepoo mad, and then Nebraska's like, uh, the stage is for sharing your experience with Rain City, not stand-up, and Peepoo goes, oh, I see. You're all a bunch of pee. <laughs> um, I really, I do love that Peepoo stays Peepoo. We've had so much growth from so, ma- from so many characters, and there's a lot of, like, well-deserved hugs to go around, and he continues to insult everyone. Well, Peepoo has grown! But it's because yeah. we made him sad by asking him questions that made him contemplate his existence. <laughs> Nebraska takes the sage, and she remembers how Shade used to tell her stories, and then they would have ice cream together. Her time here in Rain City will become another memory equally as treasured as those. And then Knife takes the stage. We love this part. Knife is glad everyone made it to the party. He's had a great time from day one. 
He never thought he could be a pilot, but when he's piloting Cowboy, the world vanishes and he feels as big as Cowboy is. He thanks everyone, saying he wouldn't got, have gotten anywhere without them backing him up. Uh, Jack cuts in saying, that's bullshit, screw you, you deserved and earned this. Not to be out-niced, Knife thanks him personally for his help. <laughs> the two then reaffirm their commitment to fighting each other as soon as Jack is out of his wheelchair. Shade happens an opportunity to speak and then just says, forget it. And then we uh, cut to Joy going, I guess this is it. Enjoy the party, people. Drinks are on me tonight. In the script, there's an addition to this line which says, you'll go bankrupt. But Duke goes, no, no, no. Drinks are on me tonight, so you better not hold it. At the final check-in, Sayuki gives her last line of the game saying she will be cheering for us. Yeah, Hogs thanks. says Shade should have spoken and that we should get a cab to the port because he's fucked up. Jack is packed and thinks it's a shame he can't bring Fancy Boy along. Knife just loved the party. May says the speeches were corny, but she enjoyed it. And Z will miss the city being so busy when this is all over. Peepu, meanwhile, is grousing about how he can't drink and can't eat the diary of a robot's life before Kaya screams, Hey, robot, cheer up! We could sing at the karaoke! And Peepu's just hype about this. Yeah. I would love Peepu doing karaoke. So much. Oh my god. Oh my god. He would want to do, like, uh, Break Stuff by Limp Bizkit. Uh, no! Peepu's having the time of your life to me. See, I would think that he would want to choose one that has so many swear words in it just so he could pee and pee all over the place. But yeah, I could see him doing doing Green Day graduation song. Okay, but based on your logic that Peepu can like say the names of things if they're profane would his filter let him around that if he was reading a rap song off of a list oh that's a good question you're right what we're asking is can people read wikipedia's article list of ethnic slurs (laughs) also let me just say i'm so glad we don't see a people karaoke scene because that would leap to the top of my list of worst karaoke scenes in video games, above the Saints Row finale. Mm. Nebraska is self-conscious and asks if she talked too much, where Shade just says, You did okay, brat. And her response is, Hey. <laughs> Duke don't, finally don't jokingly says, call your kid Brett. They don't like it. They remember that. <laughs> I mean, God. she's also not his kid. But she is. I know what you're saying, but she is, though. Come on. And Duke He's is not the dad who up. stepped out. He's the dad who stepped up, then stepped out. <laughs> <laughs> God. Uh, Duke is only going to have a few beers tonight, or the boat ride will get messy. So at this point, you've talked to everybody, but no new cutscene is triggered and so you can go outside and explore a like empty and twilight town it's not all the way dark but everything is like darker i assumed that the game wanted you to go to the uh exposition cliff again because when in doubt go to the exposition cliff yeah but that's not where you're supposed to go <laughs> instead you go back to the hangar and Shade, because he can't handle sentimentality or big gatherings, has, like, stolen off for some time to reflect to himself. And he stares up at Cowboy and says, yeah, who'd have thought we'd get this far? The gang meets the pier. 
the boat arrives, uh, but there's no scene for it. It all takes place in the black screen. Uh, maybe it's just early in the morning and everything's dark still. Uh, don't pay attention to the lack of assets. The boat arrives and Knife pilots Cowboy onto it. Shade thinks, thanks, Rain City. This is our last goodbye. And that's it for a story we're talking about this episode. What do we think about it? I thought it was fucking great. Uh, Or uh, let me caveat that. Um, The game, as both of you mentioned to me before, completely ran out of content. And we had to repeat the pineapple days uh, one and a half too many times. Despite that, I was really surprised at how much the character work affected me after going back and forth on like, oh, this game is very good at this. This game really drops the ball at this. This game is really good at this. This game really drops the ball at this. It's sticking the landing. It's sticking the character relationships for me. It the 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 game does feel lived in, as you said, Chris. It it I I loved the goodbyes i loved the like you know making the rounds and talking to folks about how far we've come all of that was sold really really well it does make the parts of the game where it they're clearly keeping it together with hot glue and staple guns uh that much louder to me but ultimately i love this i think i think it's just time right because like you can solve the problems of wolfride by cutting more actually like, if we cut out Jotaro and then cut out some days as a result, game would be better. Same thing if we cut mm-hmm. down the lullaby thing, knowing how it goes, right? Like, again, would be better. Because, like, adding stuff can be hard, but I think cutting more stuff would have made Wolf Stride better, too. Mm-hmm. This is a much better game at 53 days than 63. It just has the wrong amount of stuff, either more or less. Honestly, mm-hmm. less is good because I w- I decided that I'm glad you can't go to the church because could you imagine every day running across another empty screen? Even if they just toggled it on for one day, that would be a better fix. But it just it just screams visibly cut content. Yeah, I don't know. Like the, the, the stuff that's here in this episode, I think is really good, with the exception of like Jotaro and Joy. Like the core character stuff, the people you care about are like really good. Like, shout out, shout outs, like Duke especially here. This is the last good content in the game. Well, yeah, because now we're just ending the plot. Like, that's it, that's it. I'm putting my foot down on that. This is where the game gets bad. I don't know about that. I don't think bad. Interesting. It is very funny that Elden Ring and Wolfstride end up having the same endgame pacing problem where the last bit is just nonstop boss fights. But with extra but days of stop every time. But that, but that's the good part of Elden Ring. Yeah, I mean, sure. I disagree, but sure. I, I, I can buy it. I just want a series of... Look, d- does Elden Ring contain some of the best Demon Souls levels? Yeah. Is it full of um, tons of bullshit that no one cares about that you have to waste your life in between? Absolutely, and I hate that. Oh. Uh. I love the wandering. I love the empty exploration. I, I, that, I, that's where I was in love with Elden Ring the most. So I, eh. I like an open world game, but I don't like an open world game that's islands of interactivity, like Elden Ring, mm. like Metal Gear Solid Five, like a Just Cause. Sure, you know what I mean. Sure, yeah. I just, I do. There are so many good vistas and so much like evocation within those vistas, and I can't. 
I, I, I can't like divorce my joy of that discovery and exploration uh, from from my final estimation of the game. I just can't do it. I, but I, oh, I feel you, but where I'm at is like I could look at a series of JPEGs and it wouldn't take me 100 hours. Uh, fair, I suppose. I, I, yeah, I won't fight you too hard on this because I get you, but I disagree. I can't believe neither of you were talking about the amazing new Elden Ring successor, Lord of the Fallen. <laughs> no, because no. they had that other good game that came out instead. Well, that's not even the same team that did the surge. This is just a whole new developer. Mm-hmm. I know, it sucks. That's the funny part. They made the good one. They made Surge 2, which was fucking incredible. And then they made Atlas, which is also good. And meanwhile, everyone's losing their shit over Lies of Peepoo. Yeah. That game looks like shit to me. It doesn't it look plays good to me. Great. It plays great. It, it seems I've watched some video of it and it, like it seems like it has a real readability problem to me. I'm sure you could eventually learn to read it, but it like the levels the level design itself is too linear for me to like go ape over it. Um just because I want I want some non-linearity in my soul's likes. They should just make Sekiro 2 and the Surge 3 and then stop making these forever. How many how many more guys are I gonna hit with a sword? What about this? <laughs> what if we decide that one random developer in the ABK triad is going to end up getting forced to make one of these now? Let's say Let's say Raven Software. Raven Software has to make one of these because that's the funniest. Mm. Here's the thing. You know Raven Software would make a really, really great like 8 out of 10 that no one would play. Yeah. And then they would be closed forever. Oof. Probably, but who isn't these days? (sighs) Yeah. Got Treyarch getting pulled out of the Call of Duty mines to make a Souls-like, but they really want to oh. resurrect one of their old properties to do it. Um, that I that would be brutal and also hilarious. Oh, oh, you just made me realize that's definitely going to be the death knell for Rocksteady after this fucking Suicide oh, Squad no. debacle. They're going to have to make a Souls-like. Are they making years late. Yeah, Rocksteady's the one who's making... Uh, the Suicide Squad game. That's oh where they've God. been ever weren't since they, Arkham Knight finished. Weren't they making a Justice League game? Yeah, that's it. Suicide Squad kill the Justice League. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. yeah Wait, is this really different sucks. than the live service thing? No. No. It's the same. It's the same. Didn't this game come God. out already? Or was no, there they delayed another, it like five times. Was there was, another was, Batman adjacent live service game that already came out? Uh, so no oh gotham uh, knights gotham knights gotham knights but but the the justice league one also had a very extended beta that everyone hated and that is what caused the delays so people were playing it for a while Uh, and everyone was like this sucks and now they're going to market it using the corpse of kevin conroy yeah yeah they did that to Um, crystal dynamics too what the fuck yeah not that i think they made very good games but and they were it, Rocksteady was working on a 1960s TV Batman game where you were gonna like have to carry giant round bombs around and throw them at people. It might have been very fun, and then they didn't get to make it. I don't know. They made that one good one, and then they made some other games that people like, but I think they're bad. It's fine. Yeah, I also don't like their move to open world. I like the one that was more like a 3D Metroidvania way more. 
else? I have to remember who the fuck they... Oh, yeah, Monolith. Monolith still exists. I think they're doing a Wonder Woman game. Monolith. Oh, my God. I, oh, Monolith should do whatever they want. I'm not going to lie. Fear 3, really good. Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, now they're stuck in the Wonder Woman mind. Speaking of delayed DC games. Sorry, that was the... I don't think we've mm-hmm seen a single of, bit of... It was not a good game in a critical way. But it sure is a dumb guy who loves to have fun in a video game. Why does Fear 3 have a mech? Who fucking cares? Enjoy it. <laughs> Do you think you they're going to use Gal Gadot's voice in that game? Oh, oh God. So. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. Look. Oh, man. Oh, oh, Ultimate oh. attack. Ultimate Attack is her just starting to sing Imagine by the uh, by John Lennon. As she does the Highway of Death again. I was going to say, it's East. definitely going to be missile and children adjacent. You know well, Chris and I are both rushing. No, what, what she's going to yeah. do is she's going to create a refugee corridor. It'll be cool. Ah. <laughs> 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 oh. The podcast is over. Goodbye. Where I have more emotion in my voice talking about this than all of the prior Wolfstride content, that's where I'm at with Wolfstride. Bye. See ya.